your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, this morning starting in verse number 1. Starting in verse number 1, it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard um, these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And, that they, and they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor, that shall rule over my people Israel. Then Herod, when he privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented on him, unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you will be with us here this morning as we um, read from your word and as we study your word this morning, Lord, I pray that you'll hide me behind the cross, loose my tongue this morning, Lord, give me clarity of thought, Lord. May we see this morning the joy of Christmas. Lord, I give thanks to you for all that you've done, and may your name be lifted up in Jesus' name, amen. It was said that a, a mother was having a gathering at her house to celebrate the birth of her newborn son. She had uh, invited a bunch of her friends over her house to see this grand arrival of her son. She welcomed all the guests into her home, and they began to celebrate, having a wonderful time that evening, gathered around, eating food. And before long, one of the ladies asked this new mother, she said, well, when are you going to bring your son out for all of us to see? The mother went into the room, and when she looked into the crib, she began to panic. And yes, this is a true story. When she realized that that morning she had taken her son over her parents' house to get ready for the event, yet forgetting to go back over and pick her son up so he could be there for the main event. 
She and the guests had begun to have so much fun. The mom had begun to have so much fun celebrating with her friends. She had forgotten what the party was about in the first place. During this Christmas season, I think that oftentimes the bahumbug, so to say, or the, the spirit of um, not really embracing Christmas comes from the lack of realizing the meaning of Christmas. And Jesus is the reason for the season. Now, I don't open up my calendar and say that on December 25th, I believe that Jesus Christ was born on this very day. But what I do on December 25th is step back and realize that there was a moment in time in history in which our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was born. And for that, it brings me great joy. Last night I was laying in bed and Lauren asked if we wanted to watch a movie. I tried to give her a sales pitch on a movie that Josiah Spears was telling us about when he was here. But before long, I was vetoed out. And we ended up watching Miracle on 34th Street, which I had never seen before. And in every Christmas movie, it's always the same thing. Someone, something trying to steal the joy of the season. You know, we oftentimes, in this time of the year, when somebody doesn't seem joyful about it, I'm not coming for you, okay? When someone doesn't seem joyful about it, we come ahead, we say, oh, they're just being a Scrooge. Or we come back and say, they're being a Grinch. You know, because of, it seems that they're dampering the spirit. When we open our text here in Matthew chapter 2, we encounter what the scripture lays out for us as wise men and they were wise men because they were looking for Jesus yet in the middle of this joyful account of these wise men looking for Jesus in Matthew chapter 2 we're encountered by some people who were trying to steal away Christmas they were trying to Herod would eventually seek out to what have Jesus exterminated even the people there, we often say that Herod was angry and that Herod was fully after Jesus alone. But yet what we find out when we read the text, Herod was not the only one who was troubled. It says then all the people in Jerusalem with him was troubled at the news of the birth of Jesus Christ. He was troubled at the words that there was a child that was born king. That's what our text opens up. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? He was not elected to be king. He was not appointed to be king. He was born with authority from above. You see it. And we often say, as I said, Herod was troubled, but all of Jerusalem was troubled with him. The thing that you must understand about Herod and his mental state is that Herod had already killed According to history, Herod had already killed his favorite wife and their sons to protect his throne. Soon he would try to exterminate all children by the age of two and under. He didn't want his power overturned. He didn't want his authority to be questioned. And all those people in Jerusalem, what is their fear about this new arrival of a king? Will it upset the way they believe? Will it accept, upset their religion? What will happen inside of Jerusalem with a new king? So they sought to stop 
the joy of this moment. I love what his arrival meant for this fallen soul standing before you this evening. He came. That's the joy of this moment. Christ came when this world needed him most. It still excites me to this time in my life because in my own fallen and depraved life, it excites me that God would still send the greatest gift this world had ever seen in his son, Jesus Christ, into this fallen, depraved world so that we can have hope. Yet we see that even here with Herod, that he sought to steal it away. He sought to rob it. He sought to bring this great moment of the arrival of our Messiah to a place of naught. And yet even we see this mentality today among people. They don't want Christ in Christmas. Even today when they had a um, broadcasting going across Facebook, they were said, Merry Xmas. Christ is removed. The parents find themselves by if parents find themselves uh, making themselves the reason for the season. They're so focused about what gifts they're going to buy their kids and that they have to do anything that they can to buy that special gift that will lift them up in their child's heart to say, look what my parents got me for Christmas. Parents are looking to see what kind of blessings that they can be in their child's life. Grandparents fighting over who's going to buy their grandkids the greatest gift. Yet what we see even today is the same troubles that Herod had. He was seeking to have the throne and yet we today in this season are seeking to have the throne of our own children's heart when we are trying to exalt ourselves in this season. It has nothing to do with gifts that we buy. It has nothing to do with things that we purchase. It has to do with God's infinite foreknowledge and love in the sending of his son. I don't want to be lifted up this year on the throne of my children's heart, but I want Jesus to be lifted up on the throne of my children's heart. I don't want to get the platform where they leave December 25th going into December 26th saying, I have a great dad. I want them to leave December 25th into December 26th saying, I have a great Savior. The birth of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Too many parents are troubled by what we didn't get our kids this year or what we didn't get our friends or family because we didn't have the money. Fall down into a funk, so to say. And if you're here this morning and you feel that way, headed into Christmas, you've missed it. You've missed the spirit of Christmas. These men, these wise men had traveled far and wide. They had come from the east. They were no fools. They were wise men. Some commentators believed that they were kings. Some believed that they were men of nobility. They had traveled all this way looking for Jesus. They were men of recognition. I mean, if you don't fully grasp how much men of recognition they were, when they arrived in Jerusalem, they found themselves an opportunity to stand before the king. Imagine it this way. If you take yourself up to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue in northwest Washington, D.C., and say, I'm here to see the president, you're going to struggle to find yourself before him. Yet these wise men was able to stand before Herod. Can you imagine what this actually looked like here when they said, 
saying, this is what they said in verse 2, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Could you imagine going before the president of the United States? Could you imagine walking up to President Biden today and saying, where is the president? Yet these wise men walked up before King Herod and said, where is the king of the Jews? Where is he that was born this way? Where is the one who has this title? And this is what they did. They were looking for the king. And yet it says that they were wise men. They traveled all this way to see Jesus because they had saw his star. Don't miss it this season. Don't miss what we have this season to reflect upon. Of course, we should reflect upon it on all times of the year. But we have a wonderful opportunity to draw the world's eyes to a wonderful moment when Christ came. It says, we have seen his star in the east and we have come to worship him. You see that? It was his star. It was the king's star. It was that the king had come. And yet we see that in verse 4, Herod heard these things about the arrival of the king. And it says in verse 4, And when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, Art not thou least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod privately had called the wise men and inquired of them diligently what time the star had appeared. You see, listen, it was interesting to Herod. When Herod had heard the news, he also sought after Jesus. But it wasn't in the same way. He inquired of them. Many believe that the reason he inquired the time in which the star appeared so that that is what he used to decide the time span and the age limit of the children that he would seek out to exterminate. But it says here that Herod sought to see more and learn more about Jesus. The thing we must realize today, there are many people who say that they're in a path to seek out the Lord. There are many people who proclaim that they're seeking in this life to serve Jesus. Some people seek him in a check. Some people seek him and they say that they want him to turn them into a prophet. Some people seek him in the fact that they want him to present them as a healer. They want to be a healer. Jesus, make me a healer. Some people say that they seek him because they are longing for the Lord to bless them. But that was the wrong reason to look for him. Listen, we have to realize even Herod was seeking after him. The truth is that many people today, even in the house of God, say they proclaim that they are also seeking Jesus. But what divides it between the two is why Herod was seeking him and why the wise men were seeking after him. The wise men were seeking Jesus because they said we are come to worship him. There were other births at this time. There were other births at this time in which Christ was born. But what makes this so important is that it had been prophesied about. 
These wise men knew it, and I love this all the more. I love what verse 4 really offers up to us. And when he, meaning, and when Herod gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. I love that when you get here in this text, Herod was uncertain about where Jesus was to be born. Yet, I don't know if it was in this time for this moment, what made the wise men arrive here in Jerusalem instead of going all the way to Bethlehem, Judah, and arriving there. Maybe it was for a brief moment. Maybe it was God's sovereignty. Maybe they couldn't see the star, and that's how they had arrived there. But I love that in this moment that Herod consulted the people, and they consulted the word of God. Listen what it says here in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. For the Lord, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and it shall call his name Emmanuel. Uh, Isaiah chapter 9 says, For unto us a child is born. Uh, Micah chapter 5 says, he will, uh, he will be born in Bethlehem. So why is everyone all shook up? Because it was recorded in the word of God that this child would be born in Bethlehem, Judah. Now, if you take a step back and read the first 12 verses again, you will come to a thought process that these men from afar, they seen the star, and maybe they lost sight of the star, which made them make this pit stop at Herod's palace to where the king is born. And when Herod didn't know where to tell them, he, he, when Herod didn't know where to tell them where Jesus was, he consulted the word of God. It is written that he should be born in the land of Judah. This is something we all need to come to. We say that people say, you know, I'm seeking the Lord. I'm on my journey trying to find the Lord. You ain't going to find the Lord out wandering around in the world. If you're really looking for Jesus this morning, you know where you're going to find him? In the scriptures. And that's where he unveiled himself when he called for the chief priest, when he called for uh, the chief priest and the scribes. They opened the word of God. I love that throughout the entire Old Testament and New Testament, we are constantly being brought back to the, the, um, the um, confidence that we can have in the word of God, the validity. It's never been proven wrong. They said, you want to know where Jesus was born? We can't see the star. This is what the scripture says. And I love that by the time we make it to verse 9, and 10 they have arrived in Bethlehem Judah and you know what they have found Jesus this is the confidence that we can have in the word of God verses 10 and 11 here and when they saw the star they rejoiced with exceeding great joy and when they were coming to the house they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him and when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto them unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. They were filled with exceeding joy, and they fell down and worshipped him. See that? They worshipped him. Our society today seems to bow down to the almighty dollar. I talked about it even in Sunday school. People falling to their knees and weeping because an athlete shook their hands. Because an athlete signed their jersey. 
they bow to the athlete, they bow to the basketball um, athlete, to the football athlete. And I, said, I have no problem with being a fan. I have no problem with collecting uh, uh, memorabilia. I, I don't have any issues with that at all. My struggle is when you have more excitement about the things of this world, shaking an athlete's hand, getting to the booth where he's at signing signatures, than you do when you're uh, getting into the word of God and finding Jesus. They said that when they found him, when they, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house and they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, they fell down and worshiped him. Well, many people today say, well, of course, you know, I'm worshiping the Lord. Well, one day when I get to heaven, I'm just going to worship him. My mind is not going to be afflicted by the sins of this life. I'm not going to be bothered by the issues of this world. And when I get there, I'm just going to fall down at his feet and worship him. Yet we're on the other side of this. The Lord being born, being crucified. These wise men came to this child and fell down at his feet and worshiped him, recognizing that he was the king. And if they bowed down and worshiped him, believing of what he was going to be, that he was the savior, that he was going to die, and that he was going to give the atonement for our sins, and through him we would have the hope of all eternity, they believed they're looking forward, and we are on the better side of the spectrum, meaning that we look back and see that all is done, yet they arrived in faith and fell down and worshiped this child, and we can't barely fall down and worship him now. We're so smitten by the world today, smitten by athletes, smitten by the things that have drawn our attention. And yet this amazing moment, these wise men fell and worshiped him. I look forward to heaven and I believe when we get there, it is going to be a hallelujah time. Also notice this in that text. That when they fell down, they worshipped him. There is much confusion today in our society about Mary's place in faith. They says here, when the wise men, these wise men who came from afar, when they entered into the room, the Bible says that Mary was there. But when they fell down and worshipped, they worshipped Jesus. They didn't worship Mary. They didn't consult Mary. They fell down at the king's feet. You know, it, often I read a couple commentaries on this thought about this star. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Many people have offered up their own opinions about what this great phenomenon was about this star burning in the sky. Some commentators had taken time to explain that it was Jupiter and Saturn aligned and something that only happens every 800 years. And they're trying to explain how this star could be so bright in the sky. And I just shook my head and say, why are you going through all of this? And they're trying to explain this. We just said that Jesus came born of a virgin. He's God in the flesh. Who cares why the star lit up? It lit up because God said so. You don't have to validate anything about this star in the sky. 
And so they worshiped him. What a powerful verse, verse 11 is. It says that they worshiped him. But notice what the next part of that says. And when they had opened their treasures, does that ring out to you? They opened their treasures. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. It was their treasures. It wasn't that they arrived and traveled all this way to give out of their surplus. They arrived before the king and was willing to give their treasures unto him. They recognized who Jesus Christ was. They recognized his authority. They recognized his power. They recognized that he was worthy. They gave of their treasures Many things that we see today, the what seems like one of the most treasured assets that we enjoy today is time. Yet many people don't want to give of their time to the Lord. We see that people treasure things differently, so to say, when the offering plate comes around. It's hard to believe that people wouldn't, it's hard to get people to give of their treasures when it's hard to even to get them to sing in the worship hour. Yet we see even as we encounter people in the world today, it's hard for us to seemingly offer up this gospel presentation because we treasure what? How people view of us. We have so much of our own, yet these wise men had traveled from afar and they had given their treasures unto the Lord. There's many traditions about these wise men and the gifts that they bring, or that there were even three wise men. But the one thing that we must see here is that these wise men, now, if they seen the star two years earlier, and they made haste to travel to Jesus, and Jesus, many believe at the time of their arrival, was two years old, then you have to say these Wise men traveled far to get to him. But while many believe that these wise men were actually nobility, some believe that they were kings. And yet, even if they were kings, there were other kings even in that time. And yet, though there were other kings at this time, they still arrived to King Herod to ask him, where is the king of the Jews? It only brings us into one perspective here that these wise men were able to look out upon the situation of the land that they lived in and realize that even though there were kings, even though that they have been, been, may have been kings, that the world was in desperate need of the one true king. And so it is even for us in our own lives. Though we have presidents that exist today, though there are kings in other nations, God has given us such wisdom and insight that we should also be able to look out across the land and recognize that this world is in desperate need of a king. None other than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One Man wrote on this matter about this gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which I found extremely interesting, and I'm going to read to you this morning. He said, one of the wise men felt for sure that the world needed a king, 
one that would rule the nations with authority and power and put down unrighteousness and bring peace and prosperity. So certain that the star would lead them to this king, he brought a royal present of gold, which is the treasure of kings. The second wise men, knowing that the world's ideas of God were warped, and that God needed to come down into the human form and show the world what he was really like. So wanting God to be manifest in the flesh, he brought frankincense because of his deity. Since frankincense is incense that's used in offering up worship. The third hope that the star would lead them to a savior. This wise man knew that the world was a sinful place. Sadly in, one of, uh, sadly in need of one who would take on himself the weight and guilt of sins of mankind and atone for them. So convinced that this great king must also be a great sufferer, he brought myrrh, a gift for one destined to die. I can almost see how this came out when they worshipped. The first one would cry, My Lord, I have brought gold for my king. The second one was to say, my God, have I brought frankincense for you. And the third is to say, my savior, as he cried out and offered up this myrrh. When you come to a close here in this verse, it says in, in verse number 12, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed in their own country, into their own country, another way. I don't know if you read that, and I know it's a play on words, but after they met the Lord, it says, they departed into their own country, another way. Listen, if you've longed to meet the Lord, if you've traveled far and spent time in God's word trying to meet him, seeking him out. When you finally find him and you find yourself in a place where you can clearly see who God is in his humanity when he came in his deity and that he is the king of us all and that one day, according to Revelations, he will sovereignly reign over this entire world. When we can get a grip on that, when we find ourselves in a place where we are falling down and worshiping the Lord, when we find ourselves in a place where our treasures mean less to us because we have the Lord, when we find ourselves there, the only reasonable conclusion is that when we depart from this place and go into our country, it'll be another way. We're not going to go back the same. It's going to be a different way. That's what happens when we have a close encounter with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray that when we arrive here today, it's because we believe the word of the Lord is true. And that we believe that this is where he has designed to meet with us. And I pray that as we leave here this morning, as we walk out of these doors, that we too will leave another way. Reminding ourselves of who our Lord is. Reminding ourselves of who our Savior is. And reminding ourselves of what he did for us. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I 
Thank you for all that you've done, Lord. I pray that you'll be with us, Lord, and that we understand that there are going to be sensitive years to the gospel during this time of the year, Lord. I pray that we seize the moment, that we grasp a hold of it, Lord, and that we'll put forth your name as the hope for this world. Lord, I give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.